Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the Sunfire Lockman podcast. And today we are joined by Stina Lindholm from Norway. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Happy to be here. <laughs> Hello, Stina. What a privilege it is to have you, Stina, as somebody who works with community gardens. And you also um, work on cooperative gardens. And you're going to talk to us today about allotments in Norway. Yeah. And you're a dear old friend of mine, so it's very nice to have you on, on the podcast. We met many years ago at university, so it's lovely to have you here on the Bluebell plot, which is a bit windy today. And uh, last episode, you know, we spoke about our gardening New Year's resolutions. Before we start, do you have any gardening New Year's resolutions? I put you on the spot a bit there. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I am well. I, I think that if I can manage what I did last year was to not actually not buy any vegetables almost at all throughout the season and mm. just bring them home from from the field, then I'll be very happy. And I'm still eating my onions. Fantastic. Mm. Yes. That I have in my little uh, my little basement. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think that was that was excellent and it was very it's lots of fun. Yeah. Ah, I'll try to keep on going. That'd be amazing. You're yeah. very good at that, Peter. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, I, I struggle to do it, but I try, and yeah, I'm still eating onions and garlic, mm-hmm. and, yeah. but I can't, I mean, it must be so much harder gardening in Norway, the, the very short, you know, long days in the summer, but it's a short summer, isn't it? And then the very harsh winter temperatures. Yeah. When I was there in December, I, I, I don't ever remember the streets of Bergen being unfrozen. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it is hard. You can... You can harvest uh, Brussels sprouts mm. and kale mm. up until February, right. almost. Mm, so that's yeah. the longest one. So I can go there and get them for Christmas. Mm. Yeah. I can go and pick mm. them directly mm. off the field. Mm. But other than that, I noticed when I listened to your podcast uh, that you are, you are always a few weeks ahead yeah. in terms yeah, of the yeah. season. And then we have to close a few weeks mm. earlier. So I'm a little bit jealous. Mm. Yeah. That's even more impressive, though, that with a shorter growing season, you've managed to still solely sort of eat food from the co-op or allotments and stuff all year round mm. without having to purchase food that's yeah. even more yeah. impressive in that climate <laughs> I think so and it's also really nice that you're sort of not you don't always have to push for more and more like if your resolution yeah. is actually I just want to man- maintain what I've achieved so far that's great yeah that's and true. I find yeah. I find I mean a huge satisfaction because it means you're eating seasonally and you're eating organically um and I thought, am I going to get bored of endlessly eating the same things? But you just don't, because they taste so much better. Mm. But I, I find that, anyway. You haven't got bored of eating onions? No, no, <laughs> not at all. And I find that also it's fun to, to take it and to introduce it to all my friends, because yeah. they get so impressed whenever you bring something that's not from the shops. Mm. So I feel like, and then we can keep on exploring new recipes sure. together yeah. also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, that, absolutely. And, and the... Uh, I find um, certainly my wife, who is the chef, um, endlessly finding new recipes, mm. and and that's been a, for me one of the real real pleasures of the year of, of, of growing vegetables and cooks like I don't know Mira Soda, who's so inspiring, chefs, uh, just endless new recipes. Yeah, mm. even with you know humble vegetables being yeah. transformed night after night, and suddenly we find we're eating in a vegan way. Are you vegetarian? Vegetarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. and and it's easy to do that. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I love that. I think yeah. it's so much easier to cook from what you have in the fridge yeah. or what you have at home mm. rather than 
go to have to decide first and then go out yeah, and buy the yeah, ingredients. Yeah, absolutely, no, that's yeah. brilliant. That's brilliant. Rather than starting with a shopping list, mm. yeah, yeah, you yeah. start with what you have and mm. then think yeah. creatively about how you're going to use it. And I think that even if you say you had a glut of courgettes and you had courgettes every day for <laughs> I don't know two weeks or three weeks, you could still two probably months. think two months of your Peter. <laughs> you could probably still <laughs> find all sorts of new ways of eating those courgettes, yeah. couldn't you? And or discover something you really love and keep eating that. But mm. yeah. Yeah. Vegetables are versatile, aren't they? You courgette can... cake? Yeah, I love yeah. a courgette cake. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Are there any vegetables that you can't grow in Norway that we would have in the UK? I think you can grow aubergine, right? Here? Yes. yes. Can mm. you? Yeah. Just. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 That's, I've, I, I have friends who've tried to grow that several times mm. and they've never succeeded. Well, in a, in Undercover. I mean, in a polytunnel or greenhouse. Maybe you could in, in yeah. a in a greenhouse. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think we'd struggle to grow them outside. I think people mm. do. But yeah. I've, I grow them in a polytunnel. I wouldn't yeah. think of doing it outside. Yeah. 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 And tomatoes? Tomatoes, you can where it's sunny and very sheltered, mm. but mm. it's a bit difficult on a, on an open uh, mm. field. It is a bit difficult on yeah. an open field. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to. Uh, Chatting to you today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. <laughs> So I think I was going to ask you to start off with just a sort of simple question about are there actually allotments in Norway? And if there are, do they take a different form or what are they like? Yeah, it's a good question. I was looking it up before I came here because Tim took me here once and I was amazed by the huge space. And also amazed by the fact that it is the council that uh, administers it. Yes. Because I work for a local council in Oslo. Um, I looked it up and I think uh, there's about 330,000 allotment plots in England. Mm -hmm. And in Norway there's 2,000. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot less. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried to think of, I don't know exactly the reason for that. But I know that the first ones came in the beginning of the 1900s mm -hmm. in Norway. They mm -hmm. came, I think they came earlier here. Mm. And I think that uh, Norway was just contained of farmers for a very mm. long time, yeah. farmers and fishermen. Mm. Mm. So I guess there wasn't the same urbanization or the same mm. kind of need to set aside land uh, yeah. early. But there are some in, in Oslo where the most of the allotments are. There's a few big, big ones. Mm. But what's funny about them is that we call them Hager when it's just a little square that, like here that you farm on. What do you call it? Hager. Mm. Hage means uh, garden in yeah. Norwegian. Yeah. yeah. But now they have turned into something we call Kolonihager, which is people started to get allowed to build small houses on them oh, or wow. small little um, uh, summer houses mm. or cottages mm. on mm. them. Uh, and they still so now on every plot there's a little house and people come and live there or they yeah. go and visit it and use it like a, a cabin between April and October. Wow. So that's, and they are still distributed out like, it's supposed to be a social thing. So they have mm. a price cap okay. on them. Yeah. But the waiting list is, is so, it's so long. I actually yeah. just signed up for the waiting list and it's 10,000 ahead of me. Wow. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> I'm on 9,963rd place. <laughs> do, with, with that in mind, do people ever actually give them up once they've got them? Or is it sadly a matter of waiting almost for somebody to die? Or how are they passed yeah, on? I think sometimes, you know? some quite a lot of the time, it's because someone 
dies. Yeah. But then they are they are given up and then they are being prioritized very often to people with children, I yeah. think, who live in the city because they were created as a part of the whole there was a big urban development going on in Oslo in the beginning of the 1900s to with more light, more mm. kind of air, yes. more green spaces for the workers. So all of them originated on the east side of Oslo, which is the working class mm. side mm. of Oslo. And they were for the workers. If you're 9,000 on the waiting list, wherever yeah. you were, do you think that the, the government would ever give up more land then? Well, um... Is there a movement for that? There is, and there is... Th they are pushing for it. But I think um, here in England, you told me something, Tim, where it's more protected by law. There's a lot of right. uh, yes. law, yeah. right? And I don't think we have the same yeah. in Oslo. So it would have to be in a zoning, as a part of the zoning mm. uh, regulation. Okay. Mm. But what I have seen, which is interesting, is that the developers are now themselves seeing the uh, kind of um, uh, how it can be good to attract more people to the buildings they're putting yeah. up by, uh. by having land in the middle that they facilitate for common use and for mm. growing vegetables mm. so it's actually yep. becoming a part of a yep. kind of um, image of the area yeah. they're calling yeah. everything yeah. like the garden or mm. uh, and then and then they're they're built there yeah they're sitting side land in the middle for yeah. so it's a way of branding a development exactly. it's a bit yeah. like yeah. we would have a playground yeah yes in the middle of a new yeah. development site where now they're building community gardens yeah so going back to the the allotment itself so the allotment would be a space and there'd be a cabin, yeah, <laughs> like a small house yeah. on it. And what do people do on those allotments? They garden. Is there other activities that go on as well? Um, I think it's a very social, it's a very social place, mm. and it is open to the public and it's owned by the uh, by the council, but it's mm. administered completely by a board that's mm. put together mm. at the allotment, um, and people have a. So it's open, so people can go use it for like recreational walking through, almost like a park. So mm. anybody can, regardless of whether you've got a sort of allotment there. Exactly. That's very different to here as well. Yeah. That's mm. interesting. So it's uh, supposed to be like an attraction you can go go to. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's also being used sometimes by schools and kindergartens yeah. close by. Some of the, the plots are set aside for that. Oh, um, yeah. And then I think it's yeah, I think it's a way I've. I don't have it, but I've seen, I know people have it, and it's very social. People come there in spring, and they, uh, ha I think there's lots of like garden parties, and yeah. and uh, and it's uh, and it's a quite a diverse. I was looking it up some of the stats, and it's quite diverse who, who has allotments. Mm. I think uh, it's a little bit the majority of women, mm. uh, but it's quite diverse in terms of uh, educational background yeah. or, uh, yeah, where you're coming from, and there were some stats about like. Um, non-Western immigration, mm -hmm. and it's a, uh, it's, it's. I think they wanted to be more diverse, but, but uh, there is uh, still diversity of people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 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 And and you can sleep in them. You stay overnight. Yeah. 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 yeah you can. Wow. Brilliant. I think Brilliant. they have a, like a very simple but shower and uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Toilets it's amazing. Yeah. 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 Wow, Even the so fact cool. that they've got a shower, so they're <coughs> sort of plumbed in. I assume. Do they have sort of electric and things? Like, is there? I yeah power yeah. To yeah, so you can stay there. It's not yeah. very insulated or anything, but you can stay yeah. there for the summer yeah. season, and lots of people do. Just looking at your hut, Peter. 
<laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> a couple of bunks in there. Well, it is actually a project for this year, so you're uh, oh. <laughs> getting some ideas. <laughs> yes. I'll chat to the council. We'll, or not. We'll, no, no. Later, Steenie, well, I've got a friend over there who's made a beautiful cabin out of old doors, and uh, oh, we'll, wow. show, we'll show it to you later. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But none of us sleep here. No. I was actually here one day when policemen were wandering around. Homeless people breaking in and sleeping in some of the sheds. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I can imagine yeah. that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. And I think here the sort of policy, certainly with our council and other allotments in the UK that I know of, is very much that you're supposed to lock the gate behind you. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. So it's a diff different sort of thing in that regard. And I'm probably a little bit naughty and don't always lock the gate because yeah. I sort of think oh, I don't mind if people come in, and that might be a bit wrong because maybe some people might have ill intentions. But I also think it's nice that people come and have a walk and have a look mm. around and mm. maybe pick some black trees. It was or very noticeable here during lockdown and I mean now we try and lock the gate and there's a notice that we should lock the gate every time we come in and out mm. and most people do but during lockdown I mean uh, two years ago we, it was just the gate was open all the time mm. Mm. and it was lovely because in the evening uh, you know I'd be gardening and you'd just see endless people walking around because yeah. it was the you know, place they could come yeah. away from other people for walking. Yeah. You think, yeah. I was thinking then, why aren't allotments more widely accessible? Yeah. I can mm. understand yeah. the argument that yes. you know, tools do get stolen and things like that. Yeah. But uh, my family in New Zealand can't get their head around the, the idea of an allotment. And they say, they say, I get the question all the time. It drives me crazy. But don't people come and steal your vegetables? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about. No, no, I won't go there. <laughs> but it is a big debate, I think, because it's public land. Mm. It is a big debate if allotments is a privatization yeah. of the land. Like mm -hmm. it could have been a park accessible for mm. everyone. Mm. But then again, it also has the benefit of providing people with a place to grow their own food, and it has huge food security yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. benefits also. Yeah. So it's, mm. um, it's a bit of a, yeah. a, a trade-off, maybe. And, yeah. and do you think there is any, any will by, I don't know, the, the government, the council, um, to understand that in, as part of a move towards sustainability and, and having an impact on, uh, or thinking about making an impact on, on energy use and things like that, that encouraging more people to grow their own vegetables? Is, is, is there any kind of policy thinking in that way? Well, there is uh, some places where I work for the city of Oslo. They have a, a very ambitious uh, local government. Mm -hmm. That's uh, eight years ago. There's a new election uh, this year. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the new year. Uh, but uh, eight years ago, the, the Green Party was elected mm -hmm. and they had very high ambitions for uh, different aspects of environmental politics, but they have uh, a strategy for urban farming. Yeah. And, uh, and they want to facilitate uh, for more um, local production of uh, vegetables, but also how that can be used as a social arena, yeah. um, and also how it benefits kind of the biodiversity of the, yeah. of the area. Yeah. So they have a strategy yeah. uh, called Sprouting Oslo. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's it. even translated it. into English, yeah. so it is, uh, yeah. it's online, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, Sprouting Oslo must look that <laughs> yeah. I love that they're sort of taking a multifaceted approach to it as well, that yeah. um, it's not purely about um, growing vegetables and being productive, which is important. But yeah. I think here officially our allotment rules dictate a bit more clearly what you should be using your mm. allotment mm. space 
thought and although a lot of us do use them as social spaces and other things um that's not sort of outlined in the rules of what your allotment is for it's purely really for growing and being productive so i love the idea of this multifaceted approach where all these things are encompassed in the space it's very inclusive yeah. as well isn't it yes yeah, families but different age groups yeah but I'm amazed by by the allotments in England. You can say, we, okay, we have a strategy for it, but you have it here in mm. practice yeah. in many ways. Mm. So uh, I'm uh, when when Tim took me here, I was I was blown away. Yeah. And I think it's amazing how you can. It's e a lot easier to get access to because there's so many more yeah. of mm. them, and you do it in practice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's cool. nice to hear, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Thinking mm. about it that way, we sort of make them what we want them to be anyway, yeah. regardless mm. of the rules. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And and it is. I mean, the history of it is fascinating, uh, and we won't go into it now. But but the the idea of allotments in this country goes right back to Anglo-Saxon times. I mean, eight nine hundred years, mm. thousand years. Yeah. yeah. And the commons, the commons. Yeah. You know, grazing your cattle on on common land. I mean, all that's enshrined in our in our both in, uh, in law but also in our history yeah sadly being eroded we mm. should be going the other way yeah. we should be driving well not driving it's a terrible metaphor we should be cycling <laughs> 100 miles an hour in, in that direction yeah. instead we're going in the opposite towards more <laughs> no privatization and selling land and development yeah. yeah anyway but it's brilliant to hear really inspiring to hear these uh, uh, ideas going on in, in mm. Norway So, Stina, although you're 9,963rd <laughs> on the allotment waiting list, you are part of a cooperative garden. Yes. Is that right? Could you tell us a bit about that and, and how that works? Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's been a great change in my life. I would say it changed the way I thought about food and, uh, and like, yeah, how I interact with, uh, with getting what I need in a day-to-day -day basis. So, it's, it's a, we call it like a shareholder... Mm -hmm. um, uh, garden uh, where it's a big plot of land that's being farmed by a gardener it's a professional gardener yeah. so someone like you <laughs> Rachel, who comes there and knows what to grow and how to grow it mm -hmm. and then you buy a share of everything that's grown there so it's like a mix between I guess an allotment and a veg box where yes. you have to go out there and you pick the vegetables yourself yeah. you get the list every every uh, week where it says this is what you can, can harvest this week you can yeah. get you know four cabbages and uh, as much kale as you want you can yeah. always get as much <laughs> kale as you want uh, and uh, this salad and the herbs and um, and uh, like a little box of uh, raspberries yeah. and uh, uh, yeah so you go there every week and you harvest the vegetables you need and then you there is a there is a, a collective working day Yes. every every week where you come and help out and everyone mm. has to come and help out and farm I think about 12 hours per season mm. but most yeah. people come more than that mm. and it turns into the social mm. I the see social mm. thing. so can you sort of choose there might be a day a week where you'd go and work but you don't have to go every week you choose no. your days and just make sure that you're exactly that's lovely and if someone goes on holiday like you can go on holiday and yeah. I'll tell my brother he can go and pick up my share yeah if he wants to mm. that's so great. you pay you pay it for like a season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. And then you own a share of everything that's harvested. And then that it that keeps us going. Mm. Yeah. We're two people in household and it keeps us going for the whole it probably could have been twice as many people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's wonderful. And what's the food like? Is it delicious? Is it um 
are there things that you think I can't wait to eat this or are you sort of sick of eating the same things or no but you do have to eat very much with the season and I think especially we I eat lots of kale and yeah. I love kale and I make salads out of it <laughs> <Good> job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then now when I've had it for lunch for like three months <laughs> I'm like okay it's okay now I can wait <laughs> I can wait a little bit uh, until but then I'll be very happy when it comes back I love I also love the Brussels yeah. Sprouts and I love the basil. Mm. Yeah. Basil. Mm. Basil. Basil. Yeah. Basil. Yeah. 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 Um and I think it is very fun when you get the, the courgettes mm. and the and the cucumbers mm. um and the salad. And I also love beetroot. Yeah. yeah. And I love um pickling mm. beetroots mm-hmm. and having that in the fridge. Yeah. So and is it a very social thing to do? It's it's kind of as social as you want it to be. Mm. So quite a lot of people that sign up for it, I think, are new to the to the neighborhood, and they yeah. do it because they want to get to know their neighbors. Mm. Whereas for me, it's a bit uh, far away, so I cycle mm. there to come there. Um, but I, I told you this story, Tim. It is. Qu- <laughs> it's, it was a very it, leading question. It is because <laughs> it's where I met my partner. Oh wow! It, 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 on the field. Uh, uh, love on the plot. Love on the plot. Yeah, he was a part of the same. And it's funny because when I signed up, I listened to this podcast by Greta Thunberg, and mm. she was talking about you know sustainability and and food. And I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to start l- growing my own food. But then I also thought. I'm also quite sick of Tinder. <laughs> Maybe there's some handsome guys. <laughs> They'll be fit and healthy, stepping outside. Right. No, we're getting to it, aren't we? We're getting to it. The only reason... That's why there's such a long way yes. to go. <laughs> so this is why you're so enthusiastic about gardening. Yeah. You've got nothing to do about bloody kale. <laughs> It's an easy. It is an easy place to meet people because yeah. you can focus on doing something else while you're getting to know them. Yeah. yeah. And then you can cook the food afterwards. <laughs> That's together. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I won't ask what happens after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And so your your partner, he's he a king gardener? I would say he's more of a like you were saying before. He's more of a pragmatic uh, mm. uh, gardener. He does it because he loves. To, to pick the vegetables and, and to make uh, mm. to make food. So he does. It's a very like food oriented uh, yeah. gardening. Yeah. 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 Great. And the oh, it's been quite a while since I was in Norway, but I remember when I lived there, uh, the price of everything was yeah. staggering. Yeah. Mm. So I imagine. I mean, one, it's it's better to eat organically and freshly, and it's not being imported. I mean, is that why food's so expensive in Norway? Is it all? I, I remember wanting to buy an orange and think I've got to take out a mortgage to buy this orange I mean because everything's imported or just (laughs) things are expensive anyway I think people are or or not people but products are in general Mm. more expensive Mm. Um, and some of it is is heavily taxed but not that's not vegetables so it must be just that it's it's coming from uh, from afar there's this also this big thing that's developed in Norway where you can buy directly from the farmers that's that's completely new because I think lots of the money is going to the the, the um, supermarkets and mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. retailers, mm-hmm. but now they, they've started this. Uh, it's like a Facebook group. It's almost like Facebook Marketplace. That I know you use uh, yeah. Tim, but it's yeah, with yeah. Uh, vegetables that you can buy directly from that's from amazing. farmers, and they come that. to the city 
to like one of the parks in my council and they once a week when they come and they uh, they give you what you've ordered online yeah brilliant earlier. yeah Wow, it's like a traditional marketplace. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, sort of cutting out the middleman and just yeah. going yeah. directly to the source. So many to advantages. Get what you need. Yeah, fresher. Yeah, fresher. Uh, yeah. less less oil in the less in the uh, carbon transport. transport. Yeah, yeah. 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 packaging. Yeah. yeah, all of those things. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, we yeah. need more of that. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. I'm, I'm sort of interested to know what the sort of setup is actually like on the plot where they grow things because presumably it has to feed quite a few people yeah so is it sort of an open field system yeah. with rows of vegetables is that how it's grown there exactly yeah yeah it's a quite a big field and this is actually where i go was initiated by developers yeah uh, because they were trying to create a community where there wasn't a community from before and they wanted to create a meeting mm. place and they wanted to attract more people to buy the flats around yeah. so uh. they created this very big field yeah and then you have like yeah like you were saying we looked at your uh, winter garlics mm. before mm. and so it's like that but yeah obviously a lot yeah. Like bigger longer yeah. yeah yeah that's interesting that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. cool that's very nice wow I just love the thought that that's what they're doing in that country that in Norway that um if there's an open space here I think it would maybe either be built or now i don't know that they're creating many new allotment plots and we have got lots already so i don't want to moan it's wonderful that we've got so many but um they are more likely here i think to think if there was a space in the middle of a new development that they might they might plant grass there or possibly yeah. put a player in there but i can't mm. imagine that they do that and that's really exciting yeah i mean it's not common no. i would say it's yeah. uh, something they've tried but i think it has been a, a mm. success and i think it attracts a lot more people yeah with the um cooperatives do you think one of the reasons people do it, going back to Peter's point, is um, to save money. And it is cost of living crisis hitting Norway in the same way or to an extent that it is like it is in the UK? Um, I don't think to the same extent as it is mm. in the UK. I think there is a, a bit of a difference, but it is hitting Norway also. And and uh, growing your own food has, has boomed, mm. you know, like uh, after the pandemic, during the pandemic, Mm. And then after the with the rise in, in prices, mm. it has become uh, something everyone wants to do. Yeah. It's become very popular. So I think it, it's on the rise yeah. Yeah. again. And uh, and you can save so much money on it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We also uh, we to to contribute to it. We also do quite a lot of dumpster diving. Do you do that here? Mm. Well, not for food. Or is it not no, for food? No. No. I might do it for um, uh, wooden. Uh, borders yeah. and scaffold poles. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't do it for food. But I do know people who do it for food. Yeah, yeah. it's it's genius. This so you know you go into the shop and you see this like uh, freezer in the shop where it's like almost gone date, yeah. Mm. Yeah. and you buy it for half price. But then at the end of the day, they just they just put the exact same products out in the out in the bins, and it's possible to just pick them out and yeah. rinse them and uh, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. It's also Brilliant. a good way of saving money. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And just awful, isn't it? That waste yeah. is just really upsetting. Yeah. And, and there was there was quite a fashion for it here, but now supermarkets will actually lock yeah. their bins. Yeah. yeah. And I know I know a free yeah. diver who has got his own key. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. I, will, I will refer to him as Luke and only as Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but he's wow. very active in Bristol in yeah. free diving. Mm. And, uh, and f- and we'll take the excess and feed the poor. And actually, yeah. some supermarkets um, are starting to do that rather than 
all the food going to waste, yeah. uh, providing it providing it for charities like shelter for homeless people yeah, it's and amazing. so on. So, yeah, anything to reduce waste. Yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. we need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we need yeah. that food. Yeah. yeah. No. And they're not going to shop. It's not like it's taking away the, no. the no. profits from that, that mm. shop. No. Yeah. No, well, that's great. Yeah. So um, that all sounds really interesting, Stina. And, and that's, your, that's you in your spare time. What is your job? What do you do? Well, I work for uh, one of the councils mm. in, in Oslo. It's an inner city council and it has uh, uh, 24 small and big parks. Mm. And uh, I started out working uh, with, like, as an environmental consultant yeah. and we started to do lots of urban farming projects in the council. Um, and we just saw, like, I've listened to the podcast and I know how much you guys get from, from farming in here. And we tried to, I guess, recreate it a little bit in smaller scale mm. in our parks. So we hired... Uh, position we advertised it as an urban farmer so we hired someone who 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 does only farming with with youth in the oh, summer wow. so we hire local youth and uh, dig up some plots in the parks yeah uh, we struggle a little bit because it's quite contaminated parts of the soil right. so we have to to add mm. lots of soil yeah. to be able to to eat what's coming from there but then they they you know they make up little signs and and they're local neighborhood gets nicer they feel a lot prouder yeah about the way it looks and people yeah and mm. especially when we grow herbs we find that lots of people love to come and mm. and harvest yeah from mm. the boxes we put out with herbs mm. and it's a very international uh, community where I work and we can see that if we plant different herbs different people will come and pick uh. You know, That's some yeah. Some yeah. people love the mint. Yeah. Uh, some people love it if we plant uh, coriander, yeah. or like if we plant. Sometimes they'll request something. And our our farmer, her name is uh, Natalie. She's from Australia originally. She's done this many many years, and she's very good at knowing what people mm. are gonna like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Great. So it's inclusive in that way for for the, all the local population. Yeah. Well, yeah. we try to create. a a space where you can meet regardless of your background mm. because we have such high inequality in the yeah. same mm. neighborhoods will have uh, you know people with PhDs and people who can't read yeah and to try and create a space where they can actually uh, meet and uh, to try and take back and make the parks more safe also mm. because they've been dominated sometimes by uh, criminal activities yeah. or activities that people find a bit frightening yeah uh, like drinking or doing drugs and to try and, and add some safer elements to it also. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, been very, that's been very, very inspiring to mm. try and do how, that. How long has that been running? That's been running, it's the third year now right. that we're doing it. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. I love the idea that, um, <clears throat> and certainly I think it's, a, it's an element of a lot of northern European countries that come the winter, we're quite isolated. Yeah. We're in our houses, we're in our homes, and certainly when it's... <laughs> it's really bad weather you don't go out yeah uh, so noticeable is it southern europe they're out on the streets and yeah. it's, it's yeah. a very different uh, uh atmosphere and and different uh, people have a different sense of community as a result so i love that idea that uh, that's through gardening there's a way of building communities and they strengthening a community yeah <gasps> can meet and and uh, yeah yeah. Find a partner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Like that. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and, and then one other thing we did that we found, because we wanted to reach a bigger proportion of the population, so we also run the, the kindergartens uh, or the nurseries, mm. preschool, I don't yeah. know what's right. School. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the up in, from zero till five where kids go. Mm. So we started doing um, farming in the kindergartens because oh, wow. they have outdoor space, but some of it is not very green because we're yeah. in the inner city right mm -hmm. and uh, the teachers were very interested in it and um, so they started now growing vegetables and the kids love it that's wonderful and the funnest or the most fun thing i think we introduced was the worm farms yeah because then the kids can actually feed they can take what's left over from a meal and they can feed the worms and i think it's you know they have you, have you seen a kid with a worm yes. they think yeah. it's so funny yeah the best thing <laughs> we've had a, a couple of a couple of uh, kindergartens where they we've had to like go in and do a course because sometimes the worms wants to try and, and get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah they need some guidance but uh, yeah. do, do they do they because uh, wormeries are brilliant things. Do they use the the, the the juice and things like that for fertilizer? Yeah. So then, yeah. yeah. So then they get to see the whole like cycle brilliant. Brilliant. of uh, brilliant. of life because yeah. mm, they yeah. can. And they, if the kids grow the vegetables themselves, they're so less likely yeah. to throw them away, and they really and to, want and, to try and to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's, that's wonderful. Starting people young, so they understand where their food comes from and how the process works, and yeah. just engaging with nature. Yeah. And mm. being outside. Yeah. Mm. That's mm. wonderful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And is it funded by by the council? Or yes. Funding work. Yeah, it's also it's also it's an initiative by the council. Yeah. Mm. So we have very ambitious uh, politicians who's mm. who ask, you know, us to do this and set aside yeah. money mm. uh, for it. They also have a a grant every year that they uh, that's for the community that they can apply for for smaller kind of lump sums that people can use to start their own gardening in, yeah. the, in the parks or in the, oh, really? their backyards wow, or yeah. if they have an idea that they want to try out mm. yeah so really envious of this politics it's <laughs> unbelievable yeah. oh. is, is there a danger if there's a change of council or change of government yeah. that, that that could stop yeah yeah, but yeah. Does, it ha does it have widespread support i'm interested in in, in the politics yes it does uh, but i think uh, it's it's one of the things that's not the council doesn't have to do it by law mm -hmm. so it is uh, uh, one of the things that is easy to, to kind of take away yeah and um and then yeah then if we got the new we will see with the election next year but it's i would say about half of the parties are i would say actually no that maybe when they've seen the results of it it's also more likely to mm. keep on getting yeah. funding really? yeah. yeah but it's amazing. um amazing it's it's both inspiring and, and also rather depressing because in, in in the uk we just see councils so embattled yeah. by years of austerity yeah. and things are being cut and cut and mm. cut and if it's down to you know do we keep this library open or, or exactly. worse you know that, that uh, um, things that can seem perhaps peripheral or less of a priority uh, just go and, and exciting ideas go and we don't mm. think that the they're less a priority. We think these are things that are right at the heart of our of yeah. our existence. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you live in, particularly when you live in a city, yeah. um, and uh, you know, and it's perhaps a, 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 a podcast episode for later in the year. Friends in in uh, uh, Bethnal Green battling mm. to save, battling tooth and nail mm. to save uh, a green space for growing for the community, mm. and they're fighting the council. 
Mm. You know, it's 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 instead of you know that's why it's so wonderful to hear. You know, and we all need a bit of optimism and we need a bit yes. of hope that yep. there there are enlightened yeah. schemes. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, yeah, I so know. often think we look at Scandinavian countries for a much more enlightened view of how to design living for their mm. citizens rather than just managing money. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I'm yes. lost for words. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's really inspiring, I think, and to think <coughs> that they're sort of thinking longer, longer term than perhaps our government might be sometimes here with, I know it's eight years and it might change, so I don't want to be overly optimistic, but just the thought that they're putting all this time and energy and money into things that have multiple benefits not just the food that you grow but the socialization and the, the space outside and mental health improvements and all of those things I sort of wish that we would invest in more here because they'd benefit society more broadly um, but it is really inspiring and you can only hope that the more that countries like yours do these sort of things that people might pay attention and in time see the benefits of it and maybe try it or more of us might push for those things here and fight for them more I don't know well, yeah, and I think it's also, it goes to show that uh, you can do, like, it does matter uh, kind, kind of who you vote for or no. the, the governing of a, of a country. And uh, you can do um, these small initiatives that can inspire also a larger action. But uh, I, still, I still think that, uh, that uh, the allotments in England are are very very inspiring Norway has a lot to learn from oh. that <laughs> coming back to kind of where we're sitting uh, right now in the middle of a of a city and it's uh, flourishing or it's not flourishing yeah, right now yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, can, I can imagine it's flourishing in summer and it's mm. such a huge space and I think we can do small initiatives but they're almost um, they're not it's not the same as uh, this is actual food security this mm. is mm. an actual space for mm. birds and worms and yeah. insects yeah. and yeah. people yeah. and uh, the fact that you have them and that you by law can't build on them right yeah. the allotments yeah. in England yeah. that's uh, yeah. that's also a huge yeah. treasure what is the population of Oslo it's about 600,000 right okay and the population of Norway it's uh, I think it's about 5 million it might be going towards 6 mm. million now mm. So it's a lot smaller. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot smaller. It'd be interesting proportionally yeah. To, yeah. to work things out, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's quite a waiting list. The, uh, <laughs> the direction of travel, where it seems mm. in our country we are having to, as you say, fight tooth and nail to protect these green spaces, where yeah. in Norway you are providing more green spaces. Mm. I think we, uh, as you said, we often have a lot to learn from Scandinavian mm. countries, particularly mm. Norway. Yeah, and do you have. Um, links or follow examples that, uh, uh, anywhere around the world I mean the, the, the schemes are just little pockets here and there around the world aren't there do you have links or yeah well there's this uh, great network called edible cities mm. uh, that uh, that uh, we are a part of and uh, there's a, there's great uh, initiatives I know in Germany and in Holland and right now I was looking at this with my colleague the other day they're looking at um, Oh, what's the name of this big river that goes through uh, Cambodia and Vietnam and uh, the Mekong? Yeah, the Mekong. They're looking at uh, you know initiatives from all over the world. Uh, there was a there was some youth um, network around the Mekong River also who were doing amazing work uh, with farming. Um, so yeah, I think there is there or there are people coming together mm. to try and like showcase examples. And this network called Edible Cities is 
are trying to bring those those uh, passionate people together so they can learn from each other. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, and is, is, are there resources, say there was a, a council in the UK that was yeah. interested, are there resources or is there support of, in, in terms of being part of that network that uh, people can learn from and, and use in, in this country? Mm, I don't know. I don't know about, uh, about how mm. it would be mm. for councils here, mm. but uh, but uh, I would love to get in touch with, mm. with councils who do the same kind of work because we have lots we can learn from each other and sometimes we sure. can visit each sure. other. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, and, yeah no, uh, that's what I was thinking. Well, thank you so much, Dina. <laughs> I felt inspired. Yeah, really wonderful. Really inspired. Mm. I think you sort of reminded me as well of what we do have, although we're all a bit angry about the state of affairs, you've also reminded me that what we do have here in terms of our allotment space is pretty wonderful. It is. Um, and it's good to be reminded of that yeah. from somebody who doesn't have access to one. So sorry that you don't, but also thank you <laughs> yeah. for yeah. <laughs> the yeah. reminder. Yeah. It's pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. No, we do love them and we do cherish them. And I think the more you garden on the allotment, the, the stronger that feeling grows every yeah. year. Certainly I feel that, I know you do. Yeah, yeah. I know you do, yeah definitely. Yeah, and, and, and for both of you, and um, we've talked about this before in previous episodes, but we all have our different things that we get from gardening uh, or from the allotment are different needs Tim partly with his, 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 his um, I don't know what you call it rehabilitation yeah. or recovery yeah occupational um, therapy yeah and, yeah and Rachel having yeah living living in a place where you can't have a garden but yeah just have a, a garden, social space for me and my friends and yeah. Mm. Yeah. just a chance to be outside yeah. in nature yeah Peter, you grow oodles of Well, I, I'm loving where Steena's coming from. For me, it's all about the production. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the open field system, those words are music to my ears. <laughs> but no, fantastic. Thank you so much, yeah. Steena. Really you. interesting. And uh, oh, we, must, we must do a road trip of community gardens. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. If, uh, if there's anybody listening who would like to ask a question for Steena, then please do get in contact with us um, at sunflowerpod1 on Twitter or Instagram or you can email us at sunflowerlotmanpodcast at gmail.com and I could also include your Twitter handle Stina in the um, podcast description so people could message you if they wanted to as well because uh, I'm sure there'll be some some follow-up questions Um, but yeah thanks ever so much for for joining us on a kind of damp and windy day in Norwich. <laughs> Motorbikes roaring in the background. Yeah. <laughs> one very noisy magpie at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why but that's why I saluted. You always have to salute Captain Magpie otherwise. There's lots of superstition oh, really? about magpies in this country. Yeah. That's why I'm saluting. I, he's my mate. I wave to him. Oh, I'll keep on doing that. I'll yeah. bring that home. Yeah. 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 He just thought he was going mad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for having me. It was a great pleasure to be here.